We're back in Investor Townless headquarters in San Diego, California. I'm your host, Daniel Wong. On today's program, we have a very special guest, the chairman of LDJ Capital, David Drake. David, thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Pleasure being here. So, David, uh, tell us about LDJ Capital and, and what you do. Well, LDJ Capital is my own family office in Manhattan. We've been here for 25 years. And uh, I originally was born and raised in Stockholm, Sweden. Went to school in D.C. and came over to New York to start my work on Wall Street. I started investing in real estate and technology companies. I made my first 30 million bucks in that space. So I slowly started building up my family offices and kept on investing in the space. Today, most of my technology and VC investments are purely in crypto and ICOs. Since I feel like I've seen the light and I'm very excited about the possibilities. Well, we're, we're very positive on cryptocurrency, obviously, and, and we're very interested in uh, some of that work you're doing. But since you're really one of the you know people in the space that truly believe in it and um, most likely an, an expert, of course, here, tell us about this week of volatility and why you think we did see some of that and, and why it's rebounded so quickly as well. Oh, well, this is a good one. And, you know, before we go into the details of why it happened, there's actually five major re reasons you know, I saw the same thing. It was Sunday last August when the Chinese announced that ICOs going to be forbidden in the country. My whole portfolio fell 40%. That was my time to jump into putting money into uh, hedge funds, hedge funds that I met before and I've been interviewing to work with. And so I started putting money into them because I want to be able to sleep at night and wake up and not see myself lose 40%. Fortunately enough, and unfortunately, it took us two, three months to see the, uh, the cryptocurrency increase in value across the board last fall. And then the night, the night before the weekend, or the day before the weekend of Christmas, that Friday, the same thing happened. At that point, everything went down 30%. And I talked in a couple of news articles that, hey, it'll be back that next day. Fast forward to this week, I am a little more vetted now. It's still difficult for me to see my portfolio fall 45% in value when I'm sitting on millions. And in this case, it came back like we saw last night, fortunately. But in this case, it was more of a almost like a regulatory conspiracy where both France, South Korea and China had made comments at the same time to spook everybody. And they created a mass exodus and uh, people uh, panicking by selling. And, you know, France said it should be regulated. The Chinese uh, banker had come out and said it should be banned completely. At the same time, China has said they're going to be pushing out mining companies and stop mining in China. And then the Korean uh, politician has said it's not it's not a dead option to ban cryptocurrency completely. So he didn't say anything besides it's not a dead option. All of these things combined with the fact that the Chinese usually have a major exit in January before their new year, the fifth reason is why all this happened and we saw a plunge. Even though it was hard to swallow for me personally, I went shopping yesterday because I felt it was Wednesday, 50% off. And I picked up you know, quite a few tokens at that time. What did you see, Daniel? Yeah, we talk about that all the time. For people that are new to trading and if you've never invested before, you know, the initial reaction is, you know, to sell all your holdings when most of the people that have been in this for a while realize, yes, you're exactly right. That's, you know, Black Friday. That's the time to buy the dip and accumulate as much as you can. Now, when someone like you gets down by 40%, obviously, what gives you the confidence to know that, hey, look, this is when I double down. This is when I hold and I know this is going to recover. What gives you that confidence? 
Look, the way I look at this industry is this. There's three ecosystems colliding right now. From 2009 to 2016, in the summer 17, in the summer 17, it was the people who were, you know, it, it was like Occupy Wall Street's revenge. We created Satoshi, Satoshi created a coin in 2009, Bitcoin, to be a currency and not influenced by the governments. Only 21 million of these were created. And uh, that was used as a currency. And people would hold it and even sleep on their sofa without selling it when it was dipping in the past. There were also the people who were the libertarians and the, the anarchists and the people who believed in it. We bought this to believe in it. And I feel the same way. I buy it to believe it. I'm not a trader. I, I don't want to live my life day to day uh, buying and selling. It's a little too stressful. I tried to do that with stocks 30 years ago. I completely stopped. Never bought a stock again. Uh, today, when this is happening, I'm buying to hold because I believe in it. Now, you have the second ecosystem that's coming in right now real quickly, which is the mass market. The people who's like, wow, I want to be in this. This is exciting. I don't understand it completely. Let me buy some Bitcoin. Now, Coinbase, one of the platforms bringing in close to 100,000 users a, a day. Maybe not today because they're having too much traffic coming in. And then we have a third ecosystem, which is not what cryptocurrency started with. I mean, blockchain underlying cryptocurrency was created to solve problems. And that's why you had these white papers talking about a technical problem to be solved. With uh, cryptocurrency, you take blockchain, you start trading it. It becomes a currency. People can buy and sell or commodity. There's a lot of confusion there. It could be either or, even a security or utility. And the third, so the third group coming into it are the um, speculators, the day traders, the forex traders are loving it, the uh, hedge fund traders, and the crypto traders. They're the ones buying and selling, and they're the ones loving the volatility because that's where they make their margin. They sell high, they sell, and they buy low. The mass market gets to take the brunt of the hit, while the traders are doing great and enjoying it. So we see these three ecosystems colliding right now, and they're trying to find a middle ground. And that's what's going to evolve over 2018, where they meet and it becomes a little balanced, just like you see with crowdfunding and equity. You know, we thought we had such great ideas. I set up the first meeting in history and went to it with SEC and a secret meeting with FINRA on April 20th, 2012, just, before, uh, just after Obama passed it into law, April 5th. And we were lobbying Congress in 2011. So I've had a long history of the compliance aspect of the laws allowing you to raise money here, which is why it becomes important because all the ICOs, initial coin offerings globally, they want to raise money in the U.S. You got to stick to those crowdfunding laws that the equity laws was created. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And, you know, we talk about lives of the companies that maybe aren't doing things the right way. And, and not to get off topic, but I always think of the, the dot-com boom. You know, there was three, four, maybe five trillion in that particular market. We're in a very immature market now. Maybe what, 340 billion that's invested in this right now. So it tells me it's a very immature market. There's a lot of room for growth. And that the companies that actually have that token economics or a real reason that they're solving will be the ones left standing when a lot of them probably will fall by the wayside. What's your opinion on that? Well, I'll say what. In, uh, in 2017, I was able to advise 50 different initial coin offerings. I get to see the inside of some of the best and brightest people in the world. And 50, well, 20 of those 50 had raised $600 million last year. And I got the pleasure of being on the board advisory to see from the inside the challenges, the successes, the structure, the jurisdictions, the legal opinions, and everything from A to Z. The regional partners, the local partners, the language partners. And from that whole year of doing that, I got to make a lot of money at the same time as advising some of the brightest and the best in the world. 
what we saw in, in the summer of 2017 was people were just coming up with any idea they wanted and they were raising money quickly. And I think it's matured to 2018. And I said that already three months ago when I was talking at Bloomberg and uh, CNBC. This is the time for real businesses and real public companies with revenues, well, not real, but with revenues, to enter the space and create real value by these tokens and also make it easier for the mass market to underwrite them. Because how are you going to underwrite a business that has no revenue and no operations? And that was the ever-ending challenge we all had. After having underwritten 250 ICOs myself and looked at them, advised them, I know within you know one minute if a company is going to be home run. Uh, I might be wrong on several who will be, and I don't see it. And I'm certainly going to be wrong on some that I <clears throat> think will do good, but they don't. But at this point, I kind of, kind of find, found the secret ingredients to what will make these companies do really well. At the same time, I'm on the board for five uh, public companies that are going into crypto. So I'm the chairman for five companies. They want me as a crypto advisor to help them figure out how to either sell to the crypto community or do an ICO of their own. Uh, you know, some of them that I've been involved with is, you know, um, NASDAQ was uh, NADA, a publicly traded company in uh, Frankfurt that listed and raised $50 million on the 15th of December. Their social trading platform they did tremendously well, very quickly. Um, we also have a company that I was able to help recently called uh, Cryptarian and Universa. They raised 30 to $40 million. And I think more of these companies are going to start going public. I'm looking to go public reverse myself, my advisory work, uh, since we've seen a lot of upside. And I want to give the mass market a way to buy stock and get exposed to crypto. Through advisor work with somebody who actually had the most experience as the most frequent board advisor in the world today. So I love that. I come from the, the public arena as well. And one of the things I hear from people that maybe don't understand how to buy cryptocurrencies is, hey, look, I know how to buy stock. I know how to watch stock. I know how to track stock. So maybe I can invest in a company that's in the crypto space because they see the potential for it there. And then that's a way for me to you know, take, take, you know participate in that. And, and I'd also like to ask you, so... I, I, no, maybe you don't have to give us the secret sauce. That'd be great if you do. But what is what do you look for in an ICO company? You said you can figure it out in about a minute. What do you specifically look for for the investments in the companies you look to work with? Look, like I did in the venture capital days, I always looked at a team that was very important, extremely important. The team being open to listen to critique, being open to uh, adjust to what they are good at and focus on what they're good at and step aside when they see something they're not good at. But in this space, it's a little different. You know, when you go uh, IPO in New York City or NASDAQ, you're mainly marketing to the U.S. In an ICO, you're marketing to the whole globe. And you need to activate local and regional partners who know how to go out and get capital in their language, in their institutions, in their network. At the same time, that has to tell you that the crowd is the underlying force of crypto. People keep forgetting that. I had so many ICOs coming to me, and they think they can make a quick buck. And completely missing the point. Crypto is based on the masses and the consensus of the masses being involved and being able to be listened to and embraced. So I'll tell you, one of the secrets is that you can activate the masses and have them engaged in your project. It was always true for crowdfunding and it holds true for cryptocurrencies too. So when you see that happening, then you have something interesting. Then you have to manage the expectations so it doesn't become the masses getting engaged and getting annoyed with you. 
you got to manage their expectations. It's almost like the work you do in IR and PR, making sure you maintain the communication and maintain a dialogue. You know, David, this has been fantastic. I, I love the insight. I think you provided a lot of information to viewers and the audience out there. And we thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much, David. Well, fo you, David. folks, that was David Drake. He's the chairman of LDJ Capital. For more information, go to LDJCapital.com. We're definitely going to have him back on again soon sometime to share some of that insight. He gave us a lot of great information. Guys, catch our next interviews on our YouTube channel and subscribe to Investor Town Hall Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll catch you next time. Stay tuned for the next interviews here on InvestorTownHall.com 